We all know the fake news sucks. I watched the Patriot Review. It's really, I kid you not, just really great. That Jeff Wagner guy, I like him. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 169 of the Patriot Review. I hope uh, that everybody's had their cup of coffee and is up and moving. Probably not those of you on the West Coast, but um, so here we are today. First off, before we start the other news segments, I want to just uh, offer condolences to the family of Doug Larson, um, him and his his immediate family passed away in a plane accident uh, and I wanted to make sure that we recognize that there's an article here in the Western Journal about it and if you want to read that uh, look it up on the Western Journal and um, it's just a tragedy that uh, this kind of stuff has to happen to the whole family and just goes to show you that you never know What's around the corner? All right. So Trump posts a video of Attorney General's own damning statement during the courtroom break. So uh, Trump ripped the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Remember Letitia James? Courtroom on a courtroom break on Monday at the start of the $250 million alleged fraud lawsuit the state filed against him there in New York now it's um it's a complete joke but uh the thing about it is that you know the 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 definition of fraud is not even met here and uh, we I was discussing this with uh Ronald Boyd who does the history pieces uh as a contributor to the Patriot Review and um you know we were we were talking about it's the bank's obligation to determine that any um, collateral, if you will, is is worth what the person says it is, right? I mean, when you take out a loan from the bank, uh, they don't just trust whatever you say about the value of your collateral. They, they themselves look to value that collateral or look to value um, what you offer and what your statements were they verify those before they approve a loan and secondly uh, everything was paid back so i don't know how you can defraud a bank when everything's been paid back that that doesn't make sense and it's just another it's just another um you know vicious attack and i'm going to play this brief video here uh to uh, to let you know what trump had sent out I'm announcing that today, 
They're filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump. This lawsuit, Carly, is doomed from the start uh, because the attorney general that is bringing it, she bragged about doing so. Oh, we're going to definitely sue. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. Before she launched anything resembling uh, an official investigation. It's a frivolous lawsuit. There may be some problems in the lawsuit. Letitia James has politicized this investigation. She campaigned on, vote for me and I'll nail Donald Trump. She has fundraised on it. It's hard for me not to conclude it's a political uh, hit job. And this is a woman who campaigned for office saying that, promising she was going to go after Trump. The Trump's argument here is not absurd. It's not ridiculous. The crux of their argument is we have been politically targeted by this attorney general, Letitia James. And you know what? They're right. And that's not a matter of opinion or speculation. That's a matter of fact. Prosecutors should know when they take the job, they need to be more careful about talking about politics. Even the New York Times pointed out how weak her allegations are. Letitia James has a real big problem proving fraud against the former president. She'll go after anyone to advance her political career. Amen. So basically, she is propagandist, globalist. Um, she is one of the evil cabal that is trying to destroy this country. She's an embarrassment. She um, is one of the people that I would put on a, on a list to be thoroughly investigated. And um, the difference between us and her, of course, is that just because we're investigating somebody doesn't mean that we trump up charges, pun intended, and doesn't mean that we are going to violate her rights, like she and so many other, uh, you know, AGs have been willing to do. So the nonsense continues with the uh, the lawfare that's going on with President Trump, and uh, they just won't stop until. Uh, he gives up what you won't do. Speaking of somebody who is aggressive but on the right side of the issue in more ways than one is Matt Gates, who filed a motion to vacate against McCarthy. He wants the speaker ousted. And I would say that 90% of America, Mr. McCarthy, agree with him. You pretend you're a rhino. You go through some of the motions, but there's no substance to your fight. You like to say things like, oh, we're going to write a letter, or I wrote a letter, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But um, the American people have not seen any real action because you are not, you are not an America first Republican. You are the establishment. You are the deep state, and we all know it. And uh, so, of course, Matt Gates is not going to get, I don't think he's going to get the backing to actually be able to do this. As a matter of fact, there are Republicans now that are going after him, which is a disgusting disgrace. And those Republicans, you can jot them down as being rhinos as well. And then we have one of the biggest rhinos in the Senate of all time, uh, Lindsey Graham, who is tacking on the, um, let's see, he ties the border funding to the Ukraine aid. So, you know, he's, he's doing this because he wants the support, the added support that uh, he'll get by 
by talking about the border. He he doesn't give a crap, to be honest with you. Uh, this is just a, a ploy, a stunt, to get more money into the system for the military elite and for the military-industrial complex, which we all know uh, Lindsey Graham has served on his knees for years. And uh, all these things are to enrich themselves in the end, is my opinion. But, um, you know, so this is a, an, another ploy. Um, so completely unrelated. If you um, are familiar with what the Shroud of Turin is, it's the it's a shroud that was wrapped around Jesus after his crucifixion. And an image of Jesus was imprinted on it most people think by the blast of energy and light that the Bible talks about. So again from the Western Journal if you check it out they have used artificial intelligence to go back and to see what Jesus would have looked like. So they have a uh, artificial intelligence uh, generated photo of Jesus and uh, to me it's very similar to all the, the traditional uh, photos or, or depictions that you see, uh, but it is very interesting. And again, that's uh, another Western Journal article, and this says, "Is is this the face of Jesus? AI applied applied to Shroud of Turin generates lifelike image, uh, and he does look more Middle Eastern or more of what you would expect him to look like. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, you can check that out. All right, so." The border goes on and on and on. The Trump indictments and lawfare goes on and on and on. But there was a little bit of karma in a story from the Republic Brief. And um, you can check that out. So karma just caught up with DA Fannie Willis. In a late night court filing last week, a pro-Trump attorney and former federal prosecutor seriously accused Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis of prosecutorial misconduct. 21-page document, uh, Sidney Powell, one of the few lawyers defending then-President Donald Trump, who maintained that his victory in 2020 was rigged, uh, to be his defeat, uh, contended that Willis in the Willis's uh, indictment represent troubling and unethical conduct by prosecutors. So uh, Sidney Powell is someone that I really have a lot of respect for, and uh, she's a real patriot. She's a real, uh, she's in it for the, the right reasons, and she's in it to save America, and God bless her for everything she does, because uh, without just people like her, we would be, we'd be in a lot more trouble. So she, people like her willing to uh, to put their names on the line and more because she was also indicted, of course, uh, over the nonsense, the American rice dog fire. And, um, you know, those people are trying to say that uh, this is something that is, you know, insurrection is something that these people had no right to do. And, of course, Every, every Democrat uh, under the sun in every election they didn't win has claimed that the election was stolen, that there was fraud and everything else. And um, we know there wasn't. So we know in this case, however, <laughs> it's, it's more than just simple um, manipulation. It's, it was an all-out theft of the election. 
anybody who thinks that Joe Biden has any potential to have more votes than Barack Obama has to be has to have their brain checked because he certainly does not. And um, yeah. So, all right. So that's a few of the headlines I thought I'd share with you today. We'll be right back with Mr. Dan Schultz after the break. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision, that they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you Recording and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. So welcome to the Patriot Review. It's a, it's a pleasure having you here. And while you were reconnecting there, I just t told people a little bit about you. Uh, but uh, you've been working for years in the Republican Party. 
and you have a, a, a relatively simple message, and that is that we can gain, you, we can gain and maintain the GOP um, through the use of the precinct strategy. Hmm. And uh, you have a book also that you published, How to Get Into the Real Ball Game of Politics, Where You Live, to Help President Donald J. Trump Make America Great Again, available on Amazon. Uh, so a lot of people talk about, you know, hey, do we need a, do we need another party? Do we need a third party? And um, I know you have a, a lot of strong feelings about that. What, what's your answer to that? We already have a party that we're not using. It's the Republican Party. <clears throat> a long time ago, one of the first times I was on Steve Bannon's war room, I think it was the second time, just to talk about the precinct committeeman strategy. As I was waiting in, in the wings on a Skype call, he said, so Dan, uh, and I, we're, we're off air. And he's just talking to me. He says, so what group should I say you're with? You know, what organization? And I kind of chuckled and I said, Steve, my organization is the Republican Party. I'm a mem I'm a voting member of it locally. And um, that's my organization. I'm just a guy trying to recruit other Republicans to do more than just vote. Because if that's all we do, if all we do moving forward into 2024 is just vote again, we're going to lose. What we have to do is we have to get every possible America first Republican or America first independence if the, the voter happens to be an independent, which I don't think is a smart idea, um, or even conservative Democrats, if there are any, to actually vote. Because the only voters that matter are the ones who vote. If you don't vote, you don't matter. And a lot of the candidates don't understand how to win elections. Uh, they get shanghaied early on. On, they've never run for office before. Then the consultants prey on them, say, raise as much money as possible. Give it to me. Then I will hire messaging consultants and, and we'll devise hard-hitting radio and TV ads and signage and blah, blah, blah. And none of that stuff really works because most people don't pay any attention to that. The only people who do are the political junkies. But most Americans are not political junkies. There, um, Rush Limbaugh never had more than 20 million viewers, okay, uh, listeners. Sean Hannity gets, what, th 3 million a night or something? That's a mm -hmm. tiny sliver of the American electorate. What precinct committeemen do is they recruit others to fill the void, and then they build a get-out-the-vote army. So instead of having, like in my precinct, we have 10 precinct committeemen slots. Nine are filled right now. We're going to fill the 10th in 20. And, and, and every preceding year, going back to, oh, about 2012 or maybe 2010, we were at 100% strength, have been at 100% strength. But people, you know, retire from it. They, three of the people I recruited, they were in their early 70s when I recruited them. They were retired, maybe late 60s. Well, 10 years later, they're getting up in age and, you know, they've got tons of grandkids and whatnot. And they said, Dan, we, we just, we've done our, we've done our tenure here. We've done our, our duty. Uh, we're going to retire. So yeah, you have to go out and have people waiting in the wings, hopefully, and fill those slots immediately. So that's what I do. And, but in Maricopa County, where I live in Arizona, only 46% of the slots are filled. And statewide in Arizona, only a third of, of them are filled. And 
So I spread the message, but you know, there's that old saying about you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make mm -hmm. it drink. I mean, it's this is so simple. I learned it in seventh grade civics. I wrote a little book about it, which I think you already mentioned, how to get into the real ball game of politics where you live to help President Donald J. Trump make America great again. It's what I learned in seventh grade civics. They don't teach seventh, they don't teach civics anymore, I I believe right. hardly anywhere, except maybe in some private schools. And a few, maybe in a few states, like I was able to, I was chief counsel at the Department of Education from 2017 to 2019. And we were going through some curriculum reviews and standards reviews. And what I found is most parents have no idea what the standards are. They let, they put up the revised standards, the proposed standards on the website, and they ask for parent input. I don't think there were even uh, 200 parents across Arizona who provided any input. It was more like about, my it's my recollection, about 120. And, and, and they were passionate about it. And so I was able to insert into the standards some reinvigoration of the teaching of basic things like, for example, you could graduate from high school in Arizona prior to this and not know and never be taught how are the electoral college members selected? That wasn't being taught. Or what's a precinct committeeman? Yeah, right. And what statutes govern the political parties? And how are they structured? See, I, I learned all of that. It's called civics. But they've taken mm -hmm. civics out of most of the curriculum. So when I started on this in 2009, after the, uh, after the election of uh, the Marxist Barack Hussein Obama, um, he's an admitted Marxist. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought, well, oh my God, we just we we actually elected a Marxist. So I so then the Tea Parties arose. Well, the Tea Parties are. I'd go to the Tea Party rallies with a big sign and say, um, I want to really change things. Become a precinct committeeman. Ask me how. And then I would hand out. I, I created a little flyer. This is the flyer I used. This flyer is derived from this flyer. The Eagle Forums, uh, when Phyllis Schlafly ran it, they still give these away. This explains the precinct committeeman strategy. It says the most powerful office in the world is not the president of the United States. And then you open it up and it's precinct committeeman. And it's because precinct committeemen are the party. And if there aren't any precinct committeemen, there's no party. So I would... I would hand, as I went, I'm carrying my sign. I got a satchel. I got all these uh, pamphlets. Uh, uh, these, were just these, really. Right. Citizen rule books. You know, I don't know if you've ever read the Citizen's Rule Book, but it's a little pamphlet that has a declaration. I've only got one left on this trip. I'm in Wisconsin right now. This is from 1994. So uh, I read it a lot. Um, <laughs> anyways. I'd say that I'd hand it that. Have you ever thought about becoming a precinct committeeman? What's a precinct committeeman? 99% of the time, what's a precinct committeeman? So then I would hand them my flyer and say, read it, read this. This is what it is. Call me if you have any suggestions. I recruited a lot of precinct committeemen that way. But still, we've never gotten up over 75% in Maricopa County since I've lived there. And it's been, I've lived there over 20 years. So, um, and why not? I don't know. It's people don't see the present danger that we're in right now. We are a, we are at a tipping point. 
One of two things is going to happen, I believe, in 2024. Either we're going to save the republic with an overwhelming turnout in all the primary elections for the House and the Senate and throw out people like Kevin McCarthy in the primary, right. not have 20 percent turnout, but have 70 percent turnout in the primary. We do that. If we make the primary like the general election, we can throw them all out and replace them with new people who won't be beholden to special interests like Kevin is. They got right. something on Kevin, obviously. They got. I was going to ask you, you know, yeah, just ahead. about that. I you know, opened the show, and um, one of the things I talked about was this Western Journal article on Matt Gates filing the motion to vacate against McCarthy. And here's a guy who, you know, 15 votes to get the speakership should have told him something. I mean, he's... Everybody knows he's a rhino. Everybody's seeing that he's, you know, playing word games and he's not really doing. They should be a lot further along than what they are in holding these people accountable to trying to destroy our country. And uh, so I wanted to get your feelings on on that and what the likely outcome, in your opinion, of this motion is. My, it's going to fail, I believe. Um, and look, <clears throat> that the, that train left the station in 2022 long time ago in the primaries mm -hmm. in 2022 kevin should have been taken out in his primary in 2022 you know what the turnout was in his primary election they have a jungle primary in california so the top two of any party all the parties run in a single primary he got 65 percent of the vote it's a very red congressional district and the Democrat came in second with, you know, maybe 30 percent. And then the and then two other Republicans each got one point five percent. And then there were other candidates as well. He could have been taken out easily because only twenty two point eight percent of all Republicans bothered to vote in that primary. Mm -hmm. That's where we that's where we have to throw them out in the primary, because if they get to the general and they have an R after their name, we really don't want a Democrat. But then the rhinos are Democrats, too, some say. So what difference does it make? It probably doesn't really make a difference. But it's up to us. It's up to the first three words in the preamble to the Constitution. Let's mm -hmm. see if I can find it quickly. <clears throat> we the people. Yeah. We mm -hmm. the people. There you go. We the people. All right. We ordain yeah, I mean, and establish this Constitution. And we have the we the people run our own elections to populate the US Senate and the House. And the most important branch of that is the House because every bill that raises revenue has to originate in the House. And the speaker, person who gets elected speaker holds the gavel. Nothing comes to the floor but for the speaker allowing it to be laid on the table to be addressed and voted on. So the mo your most important election as a voter every two years is to essentially vote for who you want to be casting the vote because the first thing the House does when it convenes is they elect a speaker. And that's the most important vote. And so you've got to be, and but if it's so important, why doesn't everybody vote in the primary? Well, everybody's too busy. Right. Nobody has time, you know. And this concept of civic duty, that you have a civic duty to stay reasonably informed and engaged and at least go vote. I mean, 
I always vote. I feel it's my duty to vote. And I also do it because I'm a veteran. And I know there are people who put their lives on the line to save this country time and time again and protect it from uh, uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. And they they died uh, willingly because they loved us and the country. So it's, I feel it's my civic duty to stay informed and vote. Most conservatives, they've never they've never even heard of this concept of civic duty, civic responsibility. Uh, and uh, we've got to we've got to start teaching the kids that if the public schools won't teach it right now, then we got to teach our kids ourselves. Like I've taught mine. So being a you know, your for your past uh, ties there with the, the Department of Education, what's your stance on the, the DOE today? Well, I'm talking. I was talking about the state Department okay. of Education, the the, right. the in Arizona, the federal Department of Education is unconstitutional and should be abolished. Yeah, I think given there's no that, authority in in Article One, Section Eight. The word education right. does not appear in the federal Constitution, the United States Constitution. But guess where it did appear at the same time the Constitution was being ratified. In the Northwest Ordinance of 1787 over the Northwest Territories, as, as we were expanding westward, there's a beautiful quote in it. I don't have it memorized, but it reads very much like, let me see if I can find it real quick. It's, it's, it's sure. a beautiful it's a it's it's the law applied to the Northwest Territories and all the states had uh, something similar. So let me go to my notes here. Notes for the and do a search. Yeah, so yeah, while I'm you're listening. doing that, I mean, while you're doing that, it's, uh, you know, we have a tendency as um, as Americans to complain a lot about who's in office, what they do, what they don't do. But in the end, I mean, we're kind of getting our just desserts, aren't we? Yes, absolutely, yeah. by not participating. So here's what it is. Congress was meeting in New York. And on February 27, 1787, 1787, the Confederation Congress called for the Constitutional Convention to convene in Philadelphia. While they were meeting, uh, uh, Congress was meeting in New York, conducting its legislative business, including the writing of the Northwest Ordinance. And this is what uh, I believe was Article 3 of the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, after it was ratified. Uh, and made law. Religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind. Schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. That sounds a lot like the Second Amendment, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind. Schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. So the founding fathers wanted to make sure that the states encouraged the populace to be uh, educated and foster that through local schools. Sure, it's pretty that's simple, it. isn't it? I mean, you have, There's no you have a federal lot role for education, no federal right. role whatsoever. Right, so in the same is true with a lot of the three-letter alphabet yeah. soup agencies. Right. Right, and, in, in, um, you know, they people, I think like to they like the idea of everything being done for them and that's how we ended up where we're at with uh obamacare and uh 
right. so many other things where we're sacrificing our rights because we're too apathetic to really be part yeah. of the process. And yeah, in the in the citizens rule book, there, there's a, a guy who wrote a thing. It's called a Titler Circle, and, and um, let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> we're at the apathy stage right now. Yeah, here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And you sh- and yeah. you can get this via my website. Um, the uh, in 1776 we came out of bondage with faith, understanding, and courage, even against great odds and with much bloodshed. We battled our way to liberty. Liberty is that delicate area between the force of government and free will of man. Liberty brings freedom of choice to work, to trade, to go to and live wherever one wishes. It leads to abundance. We have abundance here in this country. Abundance, if made an end in itself. Look at some of these people who all they do is chase the almighty dollar and buy stuff and buy stuff. More cars than they could ever use. Okay, what then what comes after that? It, if you make that an end in itself, it will result in complacency because now you're so divorced from the world. You know, you got all the stuff you need. You become complacent. That leads to apathy. And that's the let George do it philosophy. This always brings eventually dependency. And for a period of time, the dependents are often not aware that they are dependent. They delude themselves by thinking that they are still free. It's just what the WEF is selling. Uh, right. Uh, you'll you won't own anything, but you'll be happy. We'll provide World everything form, for yeah. you. You know, a, a, a minimum basic income, and and you'll live in a fifteen minute city where you can walk and go get coffee and get a pizza or whatever, and you'll have a, if you total oh. line on everything. Okay. Oh, so but, yeah. So so <laughs> that. Dependency leads right back to where you started, bondage. And, uh, and here, there's and here we only are. one way out of bondage. Uh, usually you have to fight your way out of bondage. And, and I don't know. Do and unfortunately, we have people in the party who are who are saying, you know, cast your vote early and make sure that you get your vote counted by casting it early. And um Yeah, the RNC know, has that on their webpage right now. Bank your yeah. vote. They got a whole program for it. That's idiotic. I, I said that before we had the technical glitches, I think. Yeah, right. And now the other thing, now they they always have a head fake, the RNC. See, there's three things at my website that's not at the RNC's GOP.com website. Number one, why and how to become a precinct committeeman. They don't ask people to become precinct committeemen because they don't want anybody to become precinct committeeman. Then how to find your local committee to become a precinct committeeman, to go to the meeting and say, I want to volunteer and become a voting member of this committee. I explain all that. And now we have a communications and collaboration platform. So once you become a precinct committeeman, you can get all the ones that think like you into a chat room, a public or private chat room. You can share documents mm-hmm. on this free, not on big tech platform. It's not Facebook. Uh, or anything like that. It's not Telegram or Signal. It's a, it's free and it's on private servers. The RNC doesn't provide anything like that either. But every two years, they they provide a head fake, and they on their webpage right now. It's called the Republican Leadership Initiative. And what do they do? Just like they do every two years, they hire a bunch of kids who don't know what they're doing, 
They're brand new. And they say, look, we're going to take all the money, all the donor money you gave us. We got this. We're going to hire all these kids. And they're going to go out and be field coordinators. And they're going to boost turnout, except they're not. What they do is they, they'll boost turnout for rhinos, but not for conservative challengers. And then what they did for Trump in both 2016 and 2020 with Trump victory, the RNC and the Trump campaign formed Trump victory. Now, it was called different things in different states, but that's what they called it in Arizona. And I saw mm -hmm. this firsthand. They, they call me because I'm a precinct committeeman. Hey, Dan, we're going to do a precinct walk. Do you want to come along? Go do it. Uh, maybe. Uh, what voters are you going to go knock on the doors of? Oh, we're going to hit the high propensity voters. Uh, I said, why? Uh, they're going to vote anyways. Right. Uh, uh, don't you want to go hit the ones who don't normally vote? Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I go, so why are you doing it the other way? Well, that's what they told us to do. And they're getting paid. They they're do. getting paid to do this by the RNC. <laughs> yeah. They were sabotaging Trump. They were just going through the motions. And they didn't. They didn't. They wanted. They didn't want Trump to get more votes. They wanted him to get fewer votes. So they wasted all these these resources. Well, we didn't do that in my precincts. So, like I said, average turnout in a primary. I'm sorry, in the general election in 2020 in Arizona was about 71 to 73 percent of Republicans. My precinct was over 90%. And there were other precincts like that because they do the same thing that I do. We target the Republicans who don't normally vote and we ask them nicely, politely, please go vote. And then we drop a, a reminder, flyer, a voter guide that our, our county uh, uh, types up. It's tailored to each locale. And so it goes all the way down to school board races. And it's very valuable to have. But it's got to be delivered because if it's delivered by mail, it's probably going to get thrown in the trash. If you right. hand deliver it and put it on their door, they're more likely to look at it. And that's why right. we're so, those kind of turnouts. So the main message here, and unfortunately we're already out of time because of the stupid technical issues, but the main message is go to precinctstrategy.com and get yourself involved in becoming a precinct committeeman and that is where you can make the biggest impact local action uh you know people if you're watching this and you're out there and you frequently complain about the way things are this is a this is a solution for us to get our party under control and it just makes absolute sense because we see the party doesn't do doesn't represent us so let's take the party back over uh dan i appreciate you being with us today and i want to give you the last word here real quick yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, I gotta say this. I'll tell you what. When you go to those meetings, those those Republican Party committee meetings, whether it's a, a small local meeting or it's a countywide meeting, or and, or it's a state meeting of the state committeeman, because I've been a state committeeman, I think since, and I've been a, a, a state convention delegate uh, several times now since since Romney's convention right. and prior to that in 2020 I think I was a state committeeman only one out of every three Republican precinct committeemen can be a state committeeman to vote for the state chair when you go to those meetings and you're surrounded by all your conservative friends either locally countywide statewide uh -huh. the energy is is palpable but the but the problem is there could be more than twice as many people there that were there 
because we're we've always been at 50% strength or less. Statewide right. right now, we only have one third of our right. state committeeman slots filled. And we could be gotta, so gotta, much gotta, more gotta vibrant run. and <laughs> robust if we got more conservatives involved. Right. Absolutely. We need to do that, folks. Check it out. Precinctstrategy.com. Dan, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. We'll see you again. Okay, Jeff. Yeah.